got in for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You? Who knows where he is? I don't know, man. Kid's a mess lately. Is that true? I don't know. You're just speculating on your brother's well-being? Yes. Maybe he's sick. He's got the Dukes? Maybe he's got the Dukies. Tyler Wade is his favorite player. It's true. Couldn't have the poopy butt. His ass got sent back down, right? He's gone. Uh, Before we start... um, Take it away from baseball for a minute into real life here. Uh, we did say we were going to come back midweek past week to record uh, after the trade deadline. Unfortunately, uh, and, you know, real life gets in the way. And we just had a few incidences. I mean, over this past week, it, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. I do want to apologize to our fan base that we're maybe in, expecting our uh, trade deadline takes and they weren't <clears> there, but. You know, there are some times where uh, things that are more important need to be tended to. And that's what happened both on Wednesday and Thursday this past week. But, you know, professionally, we do want to apologize for not fulfilling our promise to you. So hopefully, you know, you're someone not- on YouTube asked if we were too angry to do a uh, to do a trade deadline show. No, well, it wasn't anger. That, that's not the emotion I was dealing with. And it kind of sucks because, <clears throat> well, it doesn't suck, but. I was like, you know what? People are going to be so frustrated over the fact that we didn't get a pitcher that even if we record it over the weekend, it's still going to be relevant. But, of course, the Yankees go and they win how many in a row now? Well, the other thing before we actually get into it is that um, we have to extend our condolences to the people of El Paso, Dayton. And now apparently there was another shooting in Chicago this morning. Jesus. Uh, it's it has to stop. I, I don't want to get political here. People on both sides are going to fight. I want my guns. I don't want my guns. I don't really care what side of the line you're on, whether you're pro gun, anti gun. I, I don't care. I don't really even care to give my opinion on where I stand on the matter. It just needs to stop. I'm tired. Should be pro people, pro pro human life. It's a joke. Uh, in. If you get mad at me for saying this, I really don't care. It's just how I feel. 99.9% of the time, the shooter winds up dead in a firefight with the police. Yep. So if you are one of these people that are waking up on a given day and be like, oh, I'm going to go shoot up a mall today. Do everybody a favor and lock yourself in a bathroom and pull the trigger right. once. That's, Please. That's it. Please. You don't have to. T- how many people died in El Paso yesterday? Last I saw it was 19 with another 40 in the hospital. Or if you I have, didn't even if, see how many. Uh, it was another massacre in Dayton. And there was several people shot at a park in Chicago this morning. Why do you if you are that? Why do you have to take people with you? Just do it. Just get it over. And with. who are the people like in these people's lives that don't realize they have some type of mental. Like something crazy going on. Like, you don't just wake up out of nowhere and have these feelings to do something as drastic as this. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm not smiling because uh, of what we're talking about. Ryan just texted us. <laughs> oh, God. It's kind of at the wrong time to, <laughs> at the point in this show here. <laughs> I'll have to. Get, he, he wants to know when we said we were doing it at 10. 
it's actually eleven twenty. So we gave him an extra we gave hour. Him an extra hour. hour, yeah. But that's you know that's my uh, public service announcement for today. Just just be just be a better per just be better it's ridiculous that yeah it, it you know you want to feel sorry you want to feel grief and you do towards these people whose families have been affected and the deceased but it just happens so many times it's just like it's like we both worked at a pizzeria right right and how many times did you would you reach in there to grab a customer a slice and you burn your friggin' hand a million but by the ninth 10th time you don't even feel it because your hand you, you you developed a callus on your fingers from touching the oven so many times right and not say it's a weird comparison but that's almost what it's like you hear these stories so many times you don't even feel anything anymore yeah it's and it should never be that way ever and it's a you know everywhere you go movie theaters Nursery schools, regular high schools, churches, malls, uh, parks. There's nothing sacred. I'm pretty sure, I don't know, a mosque was shot up a couple years ago, a synagogue probably too. Yeah. Nothing is safe anymore. Like people can't even go to their place of worship. People can't even go grocery shopping. They can't. It's. it's And I don't know if it's because I have kids, but for the first time in my life, I was actually out in public and scared. I was at um, the Meadowlands Fair that they do, whatever that carnival. Yeah, the state fair. Oh, it was awful. Um, but I was standing there like this could happen at any second. It was the first time I felt that ever. It's unfortunate that you have that you want to take your kids out on a fun. Yeah, like I was that, actually. I wanted to, to go home and have I to did. feel that that uh, like you start you start to weigh out like is it really worth it to be in a huge group of people right now for this. Because the risk is, I mean, it sounds crazy, but the risk is so low that something like that's going to happen to you. But even being as low of a percentage as it is, is it worth it? Sometimes you have to weigh that out. Or is it, you know, just fear that the media has put into our brain? It's not fear. I mean, uh, it keeps happening. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. I, I said nothing but. Uh, loving condolences to the families affected by yeah, this and deceased, but it it, it, ha- it has to stop. And if you're and if you're within listening distance of this podcast, and you're like have even the remote thought of like doing something like that, just just go lock yourself in the bathroom and, and just pull the trigger. Yeah. On, just honestly, one death is a lot better than what we dealt with yesterday. Sure, and you're going to wind up dead anyway, right? And you're an evil piece. You're of, not going to get away. You're, you're not going to run you're away. You're evil. You're scum. You don't deserve to live anyway. So why would you? Why would you even think about taking innocent people that are just trying to enjoy their lives with you? It's yeah. sickening. That's the worst part of it. Is that I don't know what it is. What it is. Yeah. It sucks. Uh, it's just something I felt like we I had to say today. As you know, three shootings in the last twenty four hours. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, we're here to talk baseball, and uh, we'll do that now. Uh, we were going, like we said, we were, wanted to record a deadline show. We weren't able to. So I think first and foremost, let's break down what we would have broken down on Wednesday. I think maybe, you know, it is a little bit past due, but, you know, I feel like. Uh, what is it? You guys got to tell me. These no, things. you know what? All right. So let's just break this down real quick. Stacker Rise and I here, and he's telling us that we have to tell him what time we're going to record and stuff more than a day before. I was going to screenshot 
when we I text said it, that privately. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. It's our fault. It's our fault. Whatever. He gets to the hat. He gets to lay low. Yeah, but he still had two hours to get ready. I texted you at 930 in the group saying, are we still on for 10 o'clock? Whatever. Let's get to baseball shit. All right. So um, the Yankees made one trade on deadline day, <laughs> and it was just 40-man roster maintenance. They sent Joe Harvey to the Colorado no, Rockies. They, they picked up what's-his-face, didn't they? Who? Like, they had a pitching deal. They signed someone. Yeah, they traded Joe Harvey to oh, open right, right. up a spot on their 40-man roster. I didn't even bother catching the name of the guy they got from the Rockies <laughs> because it really doesn't matter. What are they, best friends? What are Who's the Rockies GM? I don't know. What are they, best friends? But, you know, as, we'll get, as we break it down, we'll get to that point uh, about how Cashman, when he does make deals, he seems to make deals with the same teams over and over again, and it, there's a reason for that. Um so the Yankees came away pretty much empty-handed on uh, deadline day. Everybody was anticipating them getting a pitcher. And uh, yeah, Dallas Keuchel is the other name that needs to be on Keuchel. that list. Yeah, yeah. Right. we actually we have a list of guys that we want to go through and discuss why or why they're not here right now. And Dallas Keuchel was the guy that we forgot. Um, you know, it's. To Brian Cashman's credit, he, did, he gave a couple of interviews on Friday on the fan and on ESPN radio. And I believe him when he says that it's not for lack of trying that the Yankees didn't get anybody. If you believe some of the reports out there of what teams were asking for you, and you know Brian Cashman's M.O., he's not making those deals. And it's funny. You texted me this, but I I got this from uh, one of Cashman's pressers there was something in place he was making a decent sized move and he kept saying the term there was a medical hang-up or medical snag oh i don't did it ever come out who it was john Heyman was. was on with joe benigno on friday morning and they were talking about the deadline and Heyman said that cashman was close on something but ultimately, somebody's medicals got in the way of the deal getting done. He wouldn't say if it was on somebody on the Yankee side. He wouldn't say if it was somebody that the Yankees were trying to acquire. The only thing uh, he did confirm is that it wasn't Robbie Ray. Because Joe pressed him a little bit, said, was it Robbie Ray? And he said, no, but that's all I'm going to say. So, to me... Why is it so secretive? Uh, like, what could be so secretive about it? Right? If it's a person of interest, a player of interest, it's coming out if they're injured or there's a medical snag. Was it steroids? Did the Yankees find out someone was taking steroids? I don't know. And it's got to be hush hush. Because if the team hasn't revealed it, it's, you know, there are HIPAA laws in place. There are certain things that you are not allowed to publicly yeah. comment on. Uh, maybe to me, maybe uh, Albert Abreu was in a deal. He just recently wound up on the IL. Mm. Maybe one of the teams that the Yankees were trying to trade with didn't like what the medical said on Abreu, even though I believe it's just, I believe it's bicep tendonitis, but you never know with those things. Um, We speculated that the Mets, you know, we could possibly make a trade where we send one of uh, Josh Bro or Anthony Siegler over to the Mets. Um, They were two of the top draft picks in the last couple of years for the Yankees. Uh, I know Siegler. Was it Siegler? Siegler. Yeah. 
broke his, uh, has a fractured patella now. And I think Bro. So you think it was something and, on the Yankees side? And Bro has an, uh, He's on the IL for something, too. So, I don't know. Maybe those are guys that we, you know, names are thrown about that could have been possibly part of trades. And, you know, I think it, it, it might have been on the Yankee side because what could – I mean, who really think about it? If there was a, a big-time pitcher moved, right. they all made their debuts already except for Granke, right? Uh, right. And – if it's somebody that hasn't been, we traded, would have heard about it. You know, I'm sure they would have wound up on the IL if it would concern Cashman that much that uh, he didn't want to trade for him. I so, mean, at the end of the day, are you? I'm not going to ask you if you're mad at Cashman. I, I, I think any rational fan isn't mad or frustrated at Cashman. But are you just in general disappointed that? Another pitcher isn't here like we all expected. Uh, before we get to that, I should have said this in the open, but got kind of got sidetracked. We are recording Sunday morning, uh, another Sunday night baseball game for the Yanks. So this will come out mid-afternoon for you guys to listen to to lead you into uh, Sunday night baseball. So you don't have to watch ESPN's uh, terrible pregame Ugh. show. Because last week, they when the Yankees were you know on the verge of getting swept, but still nine games up in the division, they were like, well, the Red Sox are nipping at the Yankees' heels. And now here we are a week later. All year. They just can't get over it. And now here we are a week later, and the Red Sox are 15. 15, 15 games out of first place. Not 5, not 10, not 12. 15. And they got a, They must have a long snout to be nipping at the Yankees' heels right now. But am I mad at Cashman? No, I'm not No, really, I didn't ask that. What were you? Okay. What? I, I said I think we're all not anyone rational and, and listening and paying attention I don't think is mad at Cashman. Maybe they feel he could have done more, whatever. I just, in general, are you disappointed? Do you still have the same positive outlook on this team since they didn't get a starting pitcher? I mean, no, because they're dropping like flies again. It's hard to, they sweep the Red Sox yesterday. They build a 15 game lead over the Red Sox. The Rays are nine behind, but still, you know, it, it's a nice lead to have on yeah. the beginning of August. Uh, and then, you know, Voight's on the IL now with the hernia. We still haven't heard whether or not he's going to have surgery. If he does, that pretty much takes him out for the rest of the year. Then late in the game one yesterday, Encarnacion gets hit with a pitch, fractured wrist, three to five weeks. That pretty much takes him out for the rest of the year. And now there's news with Hicks. He, I, he's you know, gonna get Tommy John. It seems like it. It's gonna happen. It really seems like it. Just the way you heard him and uh, Boone talking after Game Two yesterday, it seems like it's really, really serious. Now, now it's not just now. A bunch of position players are getting it now. I feel like position players are getting hit with this with this shit now. And when I tweeted yesterday, I was like, "What the hell is wrong with Hicks?" When uh, Guardy went to pinch hit in the eighth inning, and people were like. Oh, nothing. It's it's just because Boone wants to get Delay Chapman. the game so to give Chapman. Which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. That? Because it, let's say that was Aaron Judge or DJ LeMayu up in that spot. Are they getting pinch hit for to buy Chapman time? Sure. Of course. Makes would, sense. If you're Aaron Boone, what would you say? Uh, you know, step out of the box, take a pitch. Or how about he can put the same pitcher in that was pitching the inning before. Have him do his warm-ups, take his time, maybe take a mound visit. Can you take a mound visit in an inning before 
pitches thrown. I don't know about that. Something like that. There are that? there other more logical ways to delay the game to than get sacrificing Chapman, a player than sacrificing your starting center fielder. And it was very curious to me. He didn't even play in game one, did he? No, he didn't. Who? Hicks. No. So maybe this was something that they they were trying to get through because they were off Thursday. He didn't play in game one against a lefty with Sale, which you would think yeah. that he would have got the because start over Gardner. Well, Gardner has, I think Gardner has good numbers against Sale yeah, now, or, or left, just lefties in general. You know, but still, it's probably not something that if Hicks is right that you're going to do. Right. I agree. Do I have the same mind frame about this team? If they were healthy, yes, I would. Do you think they can still win a World Series? If healthy. I'm not, I'm just assuming they're healthy. Can they still win a World Series? How many times did the Yankees beat Glavin Maddox and Smoltz in the World Series? Yeah, I know. But this isn't glad. This is a brand new baseball game. It doesn't matter because history can repeat itself in the fact that nobody thought that the Atlanta Braves starting rotation were going to be, and you got two Hall of Famers on that staff. Yeah. I I think that anyone who thinks that the Astros wait three right Glavin Maddox three. yeah right they all made the Hall of Fame now right? did Glavin did Tom Glavin make the Hall I of Fame I don't think Glavin made the Hall of Fame but anyone who thinks that the Astros getting Zach Greinke locks them up I tweeted after it that the whole trade deadline the Yankees once I got over the fact that the Yankees yeah he did Glavin made did it he in really wow. they're all in the Hall of Fame um. Once I realized the Yankees weren't going to get anyone. You know why we don't think about it like that is because he, the last we saw of, of Tom Glavin was with the Mets and he was yeah. pretty atrocious. Yeah. Once I realized the Yankees weren't going to get anyone, I was like, all right, at least the Sox didn't make any big moves. The Astros really didn't do much. And then the news broke after four o'clock that... The Astros acquired Granke, and any team that can acquire him is obviously going to um, get better, at least on paper. Who knows how he's going to perform uh, in whatever city he's pitching in. But regardless, Zach Granke's postseason numbers aren't that great. And this is a guy who, not to make light of any mental disorder or any anxiety disorder, um, but this is a guy who has been openly, um, you know, open about his anxiety issues. He was openly open. Openly open about his anxiety issues. It's part of the reason why New York would never be a team that he'd be traded to. He had the Yankees on his no trade list. How is he going to handle things like that as games get more important and on the bigger stage? You don't know. It does not mean that the Houston Astros are just automatically going to win the World Series. Anything can happen in baseball. And I think that's part of why we love the sport so much. If in basketball, when teams double, triple up on, on superstars, they win, they win the championship. That's it. That's pretty much all it comes down to. But to acquire a pitcher, yeah, it could have been the best move anyone made. Doesn't lock anything up. And this Yankee team is way too good and way too talented to think that they still can't do something. I know it's easy to get frustrated with Cashman with some of the pitching moves that he makes and the ones that he doesn't, but to sit there and say that he doesn't do anything or that he didn't try to acquire a pitcher is just false. It's straight up false, and it's not fair 
to Brian Cashman to sit to, to insinuate that he's getting a paycheck for doing nothing. How about the people who uh, just because the guy's name was brought up are pissed that he didn't get Robbie Ray? You didn't even he wasn't even on your radar. If I if you if you stripped everything away, if you took away the situation, the fact that uh, we didn't get we didn't sign Keuchel, we didn't get Bauer, we didn't do this. And then you told me that the Yankees gave up. Who who did they want for Robbie Ray? Frazier and three prospects. Frazier and three prospects for Robbie Ray. What would you say? You'd say, why the hell are we giving up Clint Frazier for Robbie Ray? But given all the situation, they want everything to happen at any time for Robbie Ray now. Why? Robbie, just so something would get done. Right. Just, just out of disparity, right? That's really it. Brian Cashman is a businessman. He is the general manager of the most successful franchise in sports history. Do you think he shows a hand of being desperate of, of giving up something he knows is way more valuable than Robbie Ray? Now, if it was a, if it was a name that you can sit there and say, this guy puts us over the top, this guy does it, then you do whatever it takes. Well, Cashman said as much. Uh, I didn't hear him on, with uh, Rosenberg and Don LaGreca. I heard him on with JJ and Evan. And he said, he said almost as much. He's like, if I have to overpay, I'll do it. But it has to be somebody that I feel would Absolutely. make a legitimate difference on our ball club. And he felt that the guys available to him were not going to make that much of a difference. Now, yes, would Robbie Ray be an improvement over... Jay Happ or what CC Sabathia has given you, yeah, but for the asking price, no. If if fans, here's the logical way to I'm trying to find this tweet. Here's the logical way to be mad at Brian Cashman if it's what you need to do. If you're one of those people who just needs to rip Brian Cashman and the Yankees, here's the logical way to do it. I don't agree with Patrick Corbin, the deal he got, and I still don't think the Yankees should have signed him. I seem to be in the minority now on that thought, but I still don't think he was worth the money that he got. And I'm okay with the fact that he's not a Yankee. But if you do need to be mad at Brian Cashman and the Yankees, why don't you say this? A deal couldn't be made, and I get it. But this is why I was angry that Brian Cashman didn't spend the money on guys like Corbin, Keuchel, uh, not Stroman, Charlie Morton maybe over Jay Happ. Those are the those are logical things now at this point that you can maybe be frustrated because we were all expecting a big move to be made by the deadline. And those were things in his control. Kind of. In the Yankees' control. Who oh, uh Corbin? I I just want to read this because it just makes you I gotta find it. Patrick Corbin. Patrick, when, when we when we discussed, you know, back in the offseason when the Yankees passed on Corbin, it was you have to understand something. Us as fans and Brian Cashman as a GM were okay with that because you got James Paxton. You had high hopes for James Paxton, and hopefully, uh, Friday's was a Friday. Friday's performance against the Red Sox is the start of him. Turning a corner. Turning into James Paxton yes. again. Yeah. And 
And from what we know, so you got James Paxton. That was your big acquisition, right? That was your, that was his big acquisition. They filled out the back end of the rotation with happened CC, and you were okay with that because it, the whole thing is predicated on Luis Severino being your ace, right? And the guy, we're here. August, what is it? August fourth now. The guy's not throwing one pitch, one pitch this year. Yeah, it's not good. That's not good, but. To our knowledge, also, Corbin never, to be fair to Cashman and uh, Hal. Here we go. This is a tweet that I saw. Corbin never came back with a counter here to the go. Yankees. Do you, so, you want to hear this? This is this is what we deal with on Twitter from time to time. This is some what somebody wanted for uh, Madison Bumgarner. They wanted the Yankees to trade Frazier, Jonathan Luizica, Debbie Garcia, and Tyro Estrada for Madison Bumgarner. For rental. Who we don't know how he's going to pitch in the postseason anymore, and who was clearly not available. See, when you say things like that, it just shows me that you just want something done to get something done. Brian Cashman's never going to trade. Probably his probably we could say, probably say that Frazier's his best positional trade chip. Yeah, he's not going to especially trade. because of the years. He's not going to trade his top-ranked pitching prospect. He's not going to trade his, I think, well, why is it because they're second-ranked pitching <clears throat> prospect. And he's not going to trade a guy that could probably slot into half the teams on Major League Baseball and be a middle infielder, starting middle infielder for them, and Tyro Estrada. He's not going to erase all that trade capital for a two-month rental. And that's what people don't understand. And here's the thing, though. If that deal was presented... And it was all prospects. You want to throw him Frazier, whatever. And he didn't do it. And you want to be mad, fine. I, you know, I get it that he's a rental, but you need to do whatever it takes to get a guy here that you feel. If the Yankees felt that Bumgarner was that guy to put them over the top, then they do it. But here's something that no one seems to understand. There is a list put together going into this of guys who the Yankees feel are that upper echelon of pitchers that can take you to the next level guys like Robbie Ray Marcus Stroman who is having a good year but it's Marcus Stroman look at his career he's had one good year one one other than that he's been an average j-hap type pitcher I'm sorry I like his fire I like that he's a younger guy but he's really hasn't been that spectacular so just because you are so desperate as a fan for this team to make a move for pitching doesn't mean that when Cashman says no to, to a Robbie Ray deal or a Stroman deal, that he's a prospect hugger or that he doesn't he doesn't want to get hurt on any deals and he doesn't know how to sacrifice players to get a pitcher here. All right, here's Robbie Ray's numbers. You ready for him? Now, this is Clint Frazier, Clark Schmidt, who's one, another one of their top prospects. Plus two or three other guys from from what I just read when I was scrolling for that other tweet. That's a heavy price to pay, right? For Robbie Ray, whose ERA is 4.03, all I hear about is that the Yankees have five starters, which is now four because Herman's performance yesterday uh, got his ERA under four. I'll just have a rotation full of guys with four ERAs. Robbie Ray's ERA is over four. What's his career ERA? His career ERA is... is 2019 ERA is 403. His career ERA is 404. 
He's 45 and 45, which means that he's extremely average. So now imagine, just imagine. Let me read his numbers here. And 134, this is what jumps out at you if you're the Yankees. In 134 innings, 178 strikeouts. That's really good. But here it is. In those 134 innings, now I lost it. That's a lot of 23 home runs. Well, you guys do complain about how many home runs Paxton gives up, how many home runs Hap gives up, how many home runs Tanaka gives up. This guy's allowed 23 home runs this year, and he's going to would be going to a home ballpark that yields home runs. Oh, forget it. Compared you, to Arizona? So I'm saying, if Cashman wanted Robbie Ray, I have no problem with it, but you have to make it make sense. Robbie Ray is not a difference maker. He's a guy that would go out there and maybe take away some of the having to use maybe an opener yesterday or you know allow cc to spend a little bit more vacation time on the il or maybe allow you to have a uh, hap skip a start he's not a guy where you would bring in here and be like that's my game two starter right and that was what brian cashman was looking for brian cashman has said nobody in my system is off limits but it's got to be for the right guy is robbie ray the right guy no. All right, next on the list. Let's go. Let's All knock right. him down. Patrick Corbin, we already discussed. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Does it look right. bad that the Yankees didn't go the extra mile for Patrick sure. Corbin? Right now it does. Did it in the offseason? No. Okay. In, my, in my opinion, it didn't. In your opinion, it didn't. In others, they still wanted to go the extra mile, but it's neither here nor there. The Yankees discussed parameters with Corbin at the dinner. Washington blew right past him. He's a national now. Would he be would he be welcomed on this staff? Absolutely. He'd probably slot in right behind Domingo Herman as the number two on the staff right now. But guess what? Again, this what the Yankees decision making process was in the offseason was that Luis Severino was gonna be my ace. I had Sevy, I had Tanaka, I had Paxton, that's my one, two, three. Fill it out with Hap, CC, and Herman, boom. And it didn't work out that way. So let's look now at of the guys on the list, even if they weren't traded, were at least in our minds a possibility to come to the Yankees, okay? That I think we both feel are the only guys that could have made a difference, that you would make any move outside of Torres, any logical move that would be and that's asked another for. thing. A lot of these, some of these guys, Matthew Boyd needs to be on that list too. Bring his name down. Uh, and yeah, I don't, on the elite list. No, just, on, just the on the list in general. Uh, and that's another thing. A lot of these, a lot of these GMs called up and said, "Okay, I'll give you my fourth starter, but I want Glaber Torres." Right, it's a joke. Brian Cashman wouldn't trade Glaber Torres for the entire Mets pitching staff. Okay, he's just off the table. All right. So out of all the guys we wrote down, who were the four guys, whether they were traded or not? that you feel could have put the Yankees on another level that you do everything uh, realistically outside of Glaber Torres to get a deal. Well, the guy that leads that list for me is Noah Syndergaard. Okay. I'll circle him because I wrote him down as well. Keep going. Uh, Trevor Bauer. Yep. Uh, Short-term Madison Bumgarner. Yep. And I wrote this guy down because... He's having a great year, and he's had great, consistent years. He's been an elite pitcher for most of his career. Who? Zach Greinke. I don't consider him because I just never saw him as a realistic option for the Yankees. Absolutely, and I should have prefaced by saying he was a move that sparked a lot of... And Stroman would be my fourth, but just he'd be way down the list. He'd be yeah. way, way fourth Greinke's a guy that sparked a lot of cashmen, should have never let that happen, blah, blah, blah. So I put him on here, okay? 
Now let's go down this elite list. Were the Indians going to give the Yankees Bauer, given what they wanted back? The Indians weren't going to trade Trevor Bauer to the Yankees because of their position in uh, the American League. Okay. And also because they were looking for a major league ready elite outfielder. They got two of them. Yeah. To slot in. Do we have any of those available? They could have given him Frazier. Is he an elite outfielder, though? Defensively, no. No. Okay. So that probably would have never worked ever. And I'm shocked. I really thought Bauer would be a Yankee. Madison Bumgarner. And I think just before we leave Bauer, I think uh, in my own mind, people can say otherwise. Him throwing the ball over the fence in Kansas City pushed him out the door. Oh, is that your... Is that your way of backing yourself up after telling me he would never be traded unless they got a pitcher back? That I was think of that, his caliber. Huh? That was of his caliber to replace. I never said of his caliber. You said someone that could come that in could there and competently Trevor fill Bowers, and you came back with Chance Adams. I said they need a. No, I use the word competent. I said just throw a pitcher in there. Yeah, how did Who'd they get Adam, back to put in for Bowers? How Bauer? did Chance Adams fare last night? <sighs> God. Who they get back to put in for Bauer? It, yeah, they well, made the they, move. They at least made the move that I said they would. When they got, but for what they got, and because you have to look at it like this, a lot of times we look at things from the Yankees' perspective. The Yankees, in my mind, would have had to throw maybe a guy like Herman in there to yes, for to probably make the trade right. for Bauer to get what they got back in that deal. They could have. You know they they did the they didn't maybe felt that they didn't need to get a pitcher back when they got a which is what I was telling you. But the Yankees couldn't make that. No, deal. they couldn't. They couldn't. Um, Madison Bumgarner was he available? No. Did he get traded? He did not get traded. And why is that? Uh, because the Giants. The Giants think they're in it, but I think let me check. The they probably here. after the trade deadline, they probably lost their next however many games. The Giants are three games out of the wild card. But they have to jump over to three teams right now because St. Louis is in a top wild card. Philly and Washington are tied for the second wild card. And then they're sitting there with Milwaukee three games out. So they still I mean, that's not insane. They but they're five and five in their last 10. They were really hot and they've cooled off, but they still feel like they're in it. All right, Zach Granke, we just said he was never in a million years coming here. Was there anything Cashman could even do to to stop that. No, he couldn't even raise the price because Granky was not a an option at all, ever. Brian Cashman could have said to the Arizona Diamondbacks, I will trade you Glaber Torres and anything, any five prospects you want in my system. And, and they still couldn't and they do still it. couldn't get that deal right. done. And not because the Diamondbacks wouldn't want to, because Zach Granky would never pitch here. He, the Astros weren't on his no trade. The Yankees were, and the and Brian Cashman. And there's been times where teams like look at um, look at the John Carl Stan deal. The Marlins still went ahead and made deals with two teams on Stan's no trade right. list. But you sometimes you do that and hope that the player will uh, waive his no trade. There's also make. certain reasons why certain. Teams are on players. So for Brian, it's not because they're like, oh, I hate the Yankees. Sometimes it's because of money. Sometimes so, it's strategic. So for the Yankees to feel like they couldn't even put a deal in place to ask Arizona to have him waive his no trade means that he was never a realistic never, option. Never, ever. 
as Brian Cashman even said. And like I was just saying, it's strategic a lot of the time. Madison Bumgarner has a no trade to the Yankees. Do you think that means he doesn't want to be traded here? No, it means he wants the power. Zach Granke has a no trade clause here because he does not feel he can handle New York. He said it. He's He has said what his issues are and why he has certain things in place. The guy doesn't want to pitch in New York. No. Brian Cashman felt that there was no real, there was no reason for him to waste his time putting in a package together. Right. The guy was never an option. So that's it. The Astros got him. Congratulations. Now you have three really, really, really good pitchers, but you still got to go out and win. So, and then the fourth guy is Thor. Noah Syndergaard, which obviously it's didn't. funny because when you mentioned that trade last week, that you would give up Andujar and Frazier for him. In my mind, I was like, I just don't know if I would do it. And the closer we got, I was like, screw it. They got to. They got to offer it. And it just came out that nothing. Him and him and uh, Cashman and bro were talking apparently back and forth. Nothing ever even came close. The, that deal was never going to get done. And he wasn't traded. So you can't be mad about that. So out of those four guys that we would drop everything for, is it fair to say that the other guys that were a possibility that were talked about that were traded, that those guys still have a price tag that you need to make reasonable, that you can't just drop everything for those other guys because this is our year, because those other guys aren't on your radar for guys that put you over the top. Is Robbie Ray going to put you over the top? No. Is he worth giving up Clint Frazier and whoever else because he's going to give you a much better chance of winning the World Series? No. No. Is any of these other guys, is, is Aaron Sanchez? The guy had one of the worst qualifying year rays, if not the worst qualifying year in Major League Baseball. So, I mean, what are we mad about? But then he goes and throws six no-hit innings. You're not mad at Cashman. If anyone's mad, you think you're mad at Cashman. You're just upset that they didn't get a pitcher, and rightfully so. It sucks. Cashman's pissed, too. Cashman said it straight up. He said, I regret it. I regret not being able to make this team better, but I don't regret passing up on the moves that I passed up on. Because they didn't make sense. If a report comes out that any of those four guys we listed were on the table for Clint Frazier, some prospects, whatever, and Cashman said no, you can rip them all day. I don't think that's going to be the case. Never. It's not going to be. Because the deal would have been done. And you got a guy like Marcus Stroman, right? Stroman's the biggest one on the list, I think, uh, with the most controversy. I just don't know how willing the Blue Jays were to trade Marcus Stroman to the Yankees. And you can say that, oh, they made a trade last year. The Yankees sent a pile of garbage up to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, jury. And in the, in, in the, in the uh, Blue Jays' mind, they were sent back a 36-year-old rental where they're like, hey, we suck this year. So what, you know, hap- we'll have to face him a couple, maybe we'll face him a couple times this year and he'll be gone. We'll see what this bag of garbage turns out right. to be, which turned out to be a bag of garbage. And it's still at the, even though the Yankees resigned Hap, it's still Jay Hap with a five ERA. Yep. So now you got Stroman, who's 28, 29 years old, however old he is, who's pitching to a sub three ERA, you know, has another year of control. And it comes with a different price tag. And we don't know what, 
uh, Toronto may have won it from the Yankees. And this is what fans don't understand. It's just like, well, look at what the Mets gave up for Marcus Stroman. That doesn't it's a mean different price tag. It guys. doesn't mean that that's what Toronto wanted from the Yankees. It's a different price because everybody, you know, when I tweet about Stroman in the trade, it's like the Yankees couldn't match that. Of course, the Yankees could have matched that. Brian Cashman could have pulled out ten trades that could have matched that. That doesn't mean that Toronto wanted that same level of talent from the Yankees. It doesn't mean that. Look, I use this analogy all week, and I don't really know exactly what I'm trying to say, but you'll get the point. If you were the best at something forever, and then you got to a point where you were like, okay, I need to rebuild this this system here that I have because I'm not winning anymore, and you finally dismantled, you finally rebuilt yourself, and within a year you were almost the best again and you were the most hated because you're the, you're the most envied. And then you build this team where you're in game seven, in the ALCS, the next year you were loaded with prospects, guys that any team would die for. And you're winning a hundred games now on pace to, to have an even better season. Do you think that other people, other teams are going to, want to make you better? Do you think that they are not going to want you to hurt so badly that it ruins everything that you've built up? It takes much more to make yourself better when you are as envied as the New York Yankees and when you have as many valuable pieces as the New York Yankees. Toronto feels nothing giving up Stroman to New York Mets. No, to the Mets, it means But to give to it up to the New York Yankees, shit, you better give me back way too much for this guy. And look, if you look at the prospect ranks of what the Astros gave up for Zach Greinke and the amount of money they took on in that contract of his, they paid a deep price to get him. $53 million, was it, around there? Yeah, 53 out of $70 million that he was owed or something. Yeah. They hey. paid a deep price to get this guy, and credit to them for doing it. But Zach Greinke, in their mind, and in a lot of people's minds, is a difference maker. That was not available to Brian Cashman. Nope. It wasn't. It wasn't. And I really don't think that Brian Cashman, if let's say Brody came to him and said, Make me a realistic offer for Noah Syndergaard. I'll make a deal with you. And they could have came to a conclusion on something. Or if Chernoff in uh, Cleveland said the same thing to him about Bauer, that they could have probably gotten something done. But they were. I just don't see it being a possibility. No, and you could see the frustration in Cashman when talking about those things. That his mind was blown. Then a report came out that the Yankees and Mets were trying to work on something for Stroman that Brody was going to flip him right. for uh, flip him to the Yankees. And Brody asked for Davey Garcia and Florial and possibly more. Like that's where the package started with Florial and Davey Garcia. And you sent a potential fifth starter and a guy that is like, you know, in low A ball that, you know, it's going to be years before you find out if he's anything for him. And that's the price you were asking for the Yankees. It was just, you had no intention of making a deal. No, with him. because here's the thing, right? Whether us as fans want to admit it or not. And Stroman's like on the fence of the statement I'm about to make. But all these other guys outside of the four guys that we named 
Cashman can legitimately sit down and say, honestly, they don't do it for me. I might be best off just calling Garcia up at some point and seeing what he's got. What's the difference? What's the difference? You're not, you're not going to give up all those guys for a guy that's got a question mark over his head. You, it's got to be a sure thing. And when I say sure thing, I don't mean a sure thing that you're going to win the World Series. There's no sure thing in that. But a sure thing that you can confidently sit there as an organization and say, we just put, we just gave ourselves the absolute best chances of winning the World Series right now. And we got substantially better. And we are the favorites to win it now. Look, I tweeted it out before Stroman got traded that if they, if they, Toronto wanted Davey Garcia straight up, I probably would have done it. Because how many times sure. have we seen the Yankees with their the way they hype up their pitching prospects? Absolutely. Nobody knows where Justice Sheffield is. Absolutely, because we don't care about prospects. We said it a million times. James Caprillion, I don't, has he even picked up a baseball since he got traded to Oakland? No. Look at what happened to Chance Adams. Chance Adams is an also-ran now. And he was, what, our number one pitching prospect for a while? So for the hype train to get behind Davey Garcia just means to me that they wanted to trade him. And he probably doesn't have as big of a future as we might think right maybe, now. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. So for, to get a guy like Stroman, who's been, yes, uh, up and down in his career, but was pitching to his sub-3 ERA. But he has a good year, having a good year this year. Would he have made a difference sliding in three? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But... Was it just Davy Garcia? Or no. Did they want more? They probably wanted more they wanted and a more. lot more. So I have no issues with passing that up. Passing no, up I don't that. have any issues either. But if there's if there's people out there that do, I think I don't think you're out of line to be upset about it. Um, again, I think Strowman was kind of on the fence with all of this. But if you're one of these people fighting me that the Yankees didn't get Robbie Ray and that he would have made this team. Uh, World Series ready and whatever, you're out of your mind. I'm sorry. You're just being, you're just, you're just honestly, you're desperate. You are desperate. Stop being desperate. Let's go to fucking war with these guys. It's, it's like this, right? You need a car, right? You're tired of walking everywhere. You need, you need to get yourself a car. So you go to the car lot. The only cars on the lot are junky old beaters, maybe worth $1,500. That gets you from A to B, but you know, there's nothing really flashy about it. It's not a high performance car. And the salesman walks up to you and knows how desperate you are and be like, $10,000. Right. What are you going to say to him? I'd rather walk. Right. And that's pretty much what was happening to Brian Cashman. You can choose not to believe him. That's your prerogative. But, you know, following this team as closely as we have, and over the years, Brian Cashman's not shy about making moves. You can say that he makes the wrong moves. Sure. But he's not shy about making no, moves. No, and you wanna you wanna say Brian Cashman is is weakness is acquiring starting pitchers that are successful here. Fine. Uh look that's uh, fair. It's I fair. Mean, look at Sonny Gray, look at James Paxton. Right. I mean it, it it well, I don't want to write the book on Paxton yet, but it you know it's not it hasn't been great. But this don't year. you think that at some point, Brian Cashman said, okay, this move with Gray was it for me. I mean, I got to be smarter. I got to be smarter here. What I'm giving up for guys of a mental mental capacity, physical, how they can perform here. I don't know if Robbie Ray is another Sonny Gray when he gets here. 
is he worth giving up some valuable pieces for guys that His may numbers be don't available even next year? He was as good as Sonny Gray. Look, you are still just as good without Robbie Ray, right? He, doesn't, you, move, he doesn't move right. The so in that sense, then, if you can say that, why not keep these guys for ammo next year if there's someone available? Or maybe Frazier becomes an elite outfielder. Well, here's a few more, just a few more things we'll touch on about the trade deadline. Number one, okay. I always, I've been very steadfast in saying this. I think you and I both agree about this. Didn't care about prospects anymore. It's time to win the World Series. But that doesn't mean you... I don't care about prospects when it comes to trading them for people who yes, but are that doesn't mean to put you us get, over the top. You get fleeced in a deal for... Just because you're desperate. Average right. pitching. That's, all, that's what I'm trying to say. Like if Syndergaard became available and Cashman turned down a I'd deal for four top prospects, I'd yeah, be I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. But for if Robbie, any of those guys, I'm sorry, Robbie any Ray, of them. For Robbie Ray, no. Any no. of the guys we wrote down, no. even Madison Bumgarner at this point, I'd be pissed because we did need a pitcher. Yeah, we did, again, and if and if all these other pieces were unavailable, becoming unavailable, then at that point, maybe you spend a little bit more for yeah, a rental. But, you know, the way that your brother, you know, last week, Ryan was like that package that I offered for Syndergaard, he would have given up for Bumgarner. I can't do that. Mm, I probably would have I at can't. the end. I can't. You know what? I can't. I still can't. There's still certain limitations. You got to look at things based, you know, what, based on team control and everything. Again, Madison Bumgarner, as great as he is in the postseason, he wasn't like he was... Like we talked about in the past, it's not like 1998. Randy Johnson was coming here. And if you do, if you talk to anyone in San Francisco, they'll tell you he is just not even close to being that pitcher anymore. He's just not. So so I know how great he's been in the postseason, but those years he was great in the postseason. He was also an elite pitcher in Major League Baseball. So who knows if he still has the same stuff? All right, number two, we didn't talk about him because it wasn't actually a trade, but Dallas Keuchel, okay? Cashman, I've heard him say this in the past. People seem to ignore it, but he said it again when he was doing media on Friday. The Yankees made an offer. The Braves made an offer. Keuchel took the Braves' offer. Yeah, he the Yankees got beat by a million or two million bucks, which is chump change to them. Uh, Where, Keuchel's going to make triple that just pitching in New York alone. You know, and Cashman said, if Keuchel wanted to be here, he'd be here, which means that Dallas Keuchel knew how far apart the Yankees were from the Braves, which meant that if he wanted to come to the Yankees, all he has to do is say to his agent, can you try to get a little bit more money from the Yankees? Absolutely. Did he do that? Nope. So where did he want to pitch? Atlanta. So again, but that's not the, that's Cashman's fault, though, right? Everything's Cashman's fault. Everybody's like, why wouldn't you just offer more money? You don't outbid for <laughs> on yourself. Desperate people. Desperate. You're not desperate. You are the New York Yankees. You are not desperate. You don't just go and say, but please, I'll give you 17 million. No, you make a fucking offer. The Braves make a counter, and if Keuchel wanted to actually pitch here, like you just said, like Cashman just said, a phone call would have been made to Cashman to get the deal done because you know how close you are. It wasn't like what uh, Corbin, where the Yankees were a year and $30 million apart, which you could understand where Corbin would be like, just 
you know, well, why even bother them? But a million bucks, if you really wanted to be a Yankee, you would have told your agent to see if the Yankees could come and at least meet you in the middle. And you didn't. You didn't do that. So Look, it just shows to me you didn't want to be here. And Cashman said it. He didn't want to be here. I've been a salesman my entire professional career, pretty much. Um, I've had plenty of times where I've had a price tag on what my customer wanted to buy. They shopped it around. They had other people close, but at the end of the day, they came back to me, countered me, told me their other offer. There were times that I didn't even have to come down, that they still just wanted to buy from me. Or they let me counter because they wanted me to sell them whatever they wanted or needed. That is a choice. Now, if Keiko came back, asked for the money, Yankee said no, and then he chose Atlanta, that's a different story. But you can't be mad at Cashman for something like that. My biggest takeaway, and I said I was going to wait till the end of the year to make this statement, but I don't think I'm going to anymore. I think Brian Cashman's biggest mistake was signing Jay Happ over Charlie Morton. Not just because of Charlie Morton's success compared to Happ's this year, but just because he was also signed for less money. I think if you want to rip Cashman for anything, that is the most logical move that he failed to make. And that was signing Charlie Morton. The dude's having a phenomenal year. He's got a two something ERA. Do you know, did you know that? Yeah, I've seen him pitch. Here's another name that comes up. Why did we let Char- why did we let Gio Gonzalez go? <laughs> well, Gio Gonzalez is pitching to a 3.35 ERA, which is nice, but look look at five innings, 5.1, innings, 4.2, 4.0. Here, Magic, he pitched 6 and a third, 4.1. So, it's not going deep in the game. He's not a difference maker. No. And when his when his um and you had to make when a his move opt on out him. was coming up, the Yankees had a full rotation. They couldn't. What were they right. going to do with him? People are so irrational. Again, it's being desperate. That's what this comes down to. Stop being desperate, people. Here's the third point, right? Are we getting to a point now where opposing GMs are just like laughing at Brian Cashman because they're like they look at the Sunny Gray trade. Dustin Fowler had a cup of coffee in the big time. Caprillion can't sniff the can't sniff a mound. I don't even know if Jorge Mateus still exists in this world. Probably not. I don't think so. I haven't uh, heard of him. Look at look at the James Paxton trade. Where is Justice Sheffield? He's not even in Triple A right now. No, maybe he is, but he got demoted. He was in Double A for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. So I, think, are, I think there's a lot of different factors. So teams might be like, listen, you can tell me these are your top prospects. The last time you've been trading them, look at what's happened to them. Yeah. It's and like true. you were saying, why does Cashman keep going back to the same guys over and over again? He always makes deals with Seattle. It always seems like he's always making deals with Colorado. Because these are teams that are trying to do things on a level and not charging the, quote, Yankee tax. So that's why Cashman feels comfortable dealing with them. He's like, all right, you want to you want to make a fair a fair deal. We'll make a fair deal together. But you know, and then lastly, uh, you got to talk about Edwin Encarnacion. This guy was traded for on June sixteenth. 
So the Yankees did make a major talent acquisition in season. And people forget about that because it happened a month and a half before the trade deadline. Would you feel differently about the Yankees, quote, doing nothing if Edwin Encarnacion was traded for on July 31st? Yeah. Yeah. But the narrative around Cashman doesn't focus on pitching would have been heightened to just ruin the deal for you anyway, being excited about it. But they did, but they would have done something. Right. They would have, they brought in a 30 home run hitter. Hey, look, guys, there's plenty of teams that didn't do anything. Hey, guys, look, I couldn't get pitching done, but look, I brought in Edwin Encarnacion. Would that have satisfied the fan base? Maybe a little bit more. Maybe. Yeah. And hey, look, I'm not sitting here defending the Yankees and telling you that they're perfect and that we shouldn't be angry. I'm upset in a sense of I was okay with them passing on some of these bigger names that they could have signed because I was so confident that at some point in this season, they would get a starting pitcher. And I know that Cashman can't predict these things, but I mean, I am frustrated about it. This team needed a starting pitcher. They did. But can they still get by without one? Can they still find a way to win everything? Absolutely. They are that good. They really are. And hey, Seve's Seve's finally on his way back. Maybe. Let's see what happens. And... I hope, if anything, this trade deadline has taught Brian Cashman something. And it goes back to a guy like Patrick Corbin. When it all it costs is money and you can control that outcome, that's how you're going to have to get your starting pitching from now on. Yeah. Because you can't wait to get it in season anymore. Now, they better they better hand as over long, Derek Cole a blank check. As you know. Within reason, if the Astros are like 10 years, $300 million. You know he's not going to want to leave Houston. You You know that's going to happen. Obviously, you walk away from it. But if it's one year and $25 million like they were apart on with Corbin, you got to at least put it on the table. Yeah. Because... Again, like you look at it, you're going to... Hopefully, your rotation next year will be um, Seve, Herman, Tanaka, Paxton... Hap will be there. That's your five. But go get Garrett Cole. Go. Yeah, you need him. You need to. If, you, you, if he goes to Houston because that's where he wants to play and, you know, he's he's been much better in Houston, whatever. But if you tell me the Yankees get outbid by someone – for Garrett Cole next year, I'm gonna have, I'm probably gonna have a big issue. Again, with but it. if Houston's like ten years, three hundred million. No, it can't be. It can't be then, yeah, stupid. If it's stupid, but if we're close to something and the Yankees don't budge, uh, I'll be pretty pissed. I think Cashman's got to realize that that's how he's got to go about it now. If Garrett Cole is open to playing for the New York Yankees and taking serious consideration, you need to get Garrett Cole. End of story. So now we'll bring it to what the Yankees are doing this weekend. Uh, you know, everybody was all, oh, they lost three games in a row. And what did they do last time they lost three games in a row? They went on like a 16-2 yep. stretch or something like that. Yep. And what have they done since they last they lost three in a row? They've gone four and one. So you I know, think they, they won five out of the last six. Um, and again, Boston's they've, 15 they've, games oh, out. They've only played five games since losing. No, they played. No. Oh, I forgot about the last Boston game. Yeah, so they've gone five and one 
In their last six. In their last six. So they've rebounded almost perfectly from uh, their last three-game losing streak. And obviously losing three in a row to Boston last week meant nothing because the Red Sox have now lost six in a row. Well, we talked about how important that final game was well, for so many row, reasons. Right? They lost the last game seven. to the Yankees. They got swept by the Rays and three straight to the It was Yankees. six before the second game yesterday. Um, we talked about how important that game was, not just for the Yankees, but for demoralizing the Red Sox. They left after winning three out of four games. They still left that series 10 games out. And then it just, they crumbled. They crumbled. They're done. They are officially done, in my opinion. I mean, they could still make the postseason. I'm talking about winning the division. Um, now the Yankees just need to... Yeah, the Red Sox are in a lot of trouble. They're six games behind the Rays for the second wild card. They're hard. six back now? They're six back. Wow. Wow. It was like... It was, what, three and a half, four the other day? Wow. The Red Sox are going to need a minor miracle to get themselves even in within striking distance of this wild card. So, I mean, if you're the Yankees tonight, how hard do you play this game? They got they're banged up. Aaron Judge is clearly not right. I would and it's going to be hard with Hicks now, but I really want to give Aaron Judge a break tonight. Yeah, I I wouldn't I look any you lineup you starting outfield to be Gardner, Talkman, and Maven. Any lineup that he puts out there, I'm okay with tonight. I still think they're going to win. I think tonight. Uh, I actually think the Red Sox are going to completely. Uh, crumble tonight i really do I, I don't think they have anything left in them chris sale acting acting like a six-year-old on the mound yesterday i knew he was getting tossed on his way out you know that this is what happens doesn't mean they're still not the reigning champs they are and i and i give them that respect but let's call it for what it is they didn't make any big moves like we said. If you go back to our preseason podcasts, we said, I know it seems disrespectful because they're the reigning champs. But this Yankees team is much better than the Red Sox right now because the Red Sox let their bullpen disappear. And this is what happens. And even when their offense this year has gotten hot. I'm trying to find the, this tweet. I can't find it. I can't. Oh, I just remember the guy's name now. Uh, You're all about finding tweets today. Yeah, because we need the information. And our stack guy's not Who's here. it about? Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier's out of the lineup today? He is, but I wanted to verify that somebody said they still saw him in the in the, the clubhouse. He wasn't in the Scran's uh, opening day lineup. Uh, opening day, he wasn't in their lineup for Sunday's game, but some then I did see uh, somebody tweet that I wouldn't he's be still shocked in if the clubhouse. I wouldn't be shocked if Frazier still isn't called up. I think the Yankees have a, a plan for him right now. And well, somebody it, was saying if he spends another two weeks down there, they get another year of service time. Huh, there you go. From a logical perspective, because everybody was screaming and yelling, why Mike Ford yesterday after uh, Encarnacion uh, landed on the IL? The Yankees don't have a legitimate first baseman on their roster. No. DJ LeMay used their starting first baseman. I would prefer DJ play second or third. He can handle first base. But what are you going to do? You're going to not call up a, an actual first baseman? No, you have to. You have to. 
And is there a way, even with Hicks's injury, that Frazier gets regular playing time? You know, your outfield's probably going to be a platoon of Talkman and Mabin, Gardner and center, Judge and right. Those are your four outfielders. Is now Frazier your DH? Can Frazier be your everyday DH? I feel like every time people are finally getting healthy, we're worried about how they're going to activate this guy and that guy. And then it just, it, more injuries happen. Like Mabin. Mabin's still on this team. I love the guy. I think he's been phenomenal. But I cannot believe Cameron Mabin is still on this team on August 4th. But is that the move now? Is call Frazier to be your everyday DH? Who's going to DH for the Yankees? I think your logical your most logical move from our perspective is Clint Frazier. I mean, there's no, there's no questioning that. I think if they don't call him up today, you got to start looking at, but then again, this is a guy that Brian Cashman just didn't want to give away either. So what are the Yankees doing with this guy? Yeah. Look, he clearly is a major league hitter. He needs work. He's a great hitter. He needs work defensively. And I think if he gets that work and he can be he can be better than he's been in the outfield, he can still be a really good outfield def, uh, defensive outfielder. I do. I, I He's talented. He's he has natural talent. Well, just look at look at the since the Arizona series, we thought we were looking at some series with D, uh, Didi. It turns out he's got maybe sprained some ligaments in his finger. Maybe he'll be able to play in Baltimore. It looks like the Yankees just don't want to use him in this series. With Gio. Uh, when was it when he went to the net? No, it was. Um, I didn't. I only. It listened. almost looked like his groin. I think he was rounding. Was that, was that the final game against Arizona? Yes. I only listened to that game yeah. on the radio. I thought he was down. I thought they were pulling him off the field. You missed uh, LeMayu for how many games with his groin, right? He's back. He looks fine. Voight with, fine. Voight with the hernia. I mean, it'd be nice if they could come up with a, an idea whether or not the guy needs surgery, because if he does, let's get I it done. I think they'll know within the week or so. Yeah, well, that pretty much takes him out of the entire rest of the season. And then what does he do for you come postseason time? Yeah. Now you're missing Encarnacion probably for the rest of the year. It doesn't look good for Hicks. You don't know what Judge is dealing with because it, he just doesn't look right at the plate. And I said this last night on Twitter that you can tell something's bothering him because he's getting visibly upset when he's missing pitches that he should hit, yeah. which isn't like him. No, he's just been a lot more emotional on the field. I think he's just been frustrated. So is he just pissed off that he's missing pitches? Is he still hurt? Could be a mix of both. Gary Sanchez was eligible to come off the IL yesterday. He obviously didn't, which means the Yankees are not seeing what they want to see from him. Gardner, a year of injury. Gardner man. just came off the IL, so the Yankees got to watch uh, his old ass, make sure he doesn't wind up. <laughs> uh, the guy's just amazing. I mean, you can't really say anything negative about Brett Gardner. The guy went three for four in game one yesterday against Chris And he Sale. was fired up, too. Uh, fired up. So, I mean, who else is still hurt? You, you know, it doesn't look like CeCe's coming back anytime soon. I don't know. It just amazes me how this team just, again, we thought we were going to reach a point where we were going to put, people call it the death lineup out there, and Cat and Boone never did it be, the four or five days he had the opportunity to because he wanted to kind of ease some guys back in, and then it started with Stan again. And Stan played like, what, four games? He came back, and he got hurt again. 
yeah, they made it seem like they gave an update on him that he's still not re- even doing baseball activities yet. So you don't know what's going on with him. You know, somebody asked Brian Hoke yesterday what the uh, chances are of uh, Greg Bird even coming back. And, you know, did he laugh? I probably laughed to himself before he tweeted it out that, uh, you know, it's kind of like a thing where he's not he's a non-factor. Nobody even bothers to ask uh, Cashman and Boone about Jacoby Ellsbury anymore. They don't even bother. Good. Why would you? Why would you waste the oxygen? So, you know, but this team just keeps finding ways to win. And you just got to go hard through August and hope that this lead is still hovering around 10 games and they could just kind of coast into the postseason because, yeah, you want to keep your your foot on the on the gas and, and have a competitive edge. But, but you this, have to do it the right way. This team needs – this bullpen is overworked. This te- the offensive – this team is banged up. These guys need rest. And it's just something that they're going to have to look into doing. Yeah. They still have the 40-man rosters in September. They're going to have to take full advantage of that. They have to. Yeah, they're going to. You know, you still haven't seen Sevy or Batances throw a pitch this year. And Cashman cites that as being plan B. It's probably plan like C or D. You can't really count on any of those guys. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Even if the Yankees lose tonight, this was a great weekend for them on the field because they took three out of four from the Red Sox. They returned the favor. And, you know, I think even with a compromised lineup, the Yankees are playing, what, their next 11 games? Just look at the schedule real quick. Um, I I know they had 19 games in 17 days. So two doubleheaders. And, and... I texted you guys this. Teams have scheduled off days on Fridays now. Isn't that cool? They do with the schedule. Such a joke. Yeah, their next after today, their next 11 games are against Baltimore and Toronto. So even... Beat them up. Even compromises, the Yankees seem to be right now. They should be able to get through that stretch on a winning with a winning record, you would, you would figure. Beat them and, up. And the Yankees, like we said, the Yankees are playing 19 games in 17 days. Like, how the hell that happens when they get an off day on Monday, play two games, and then get another off day, and then they play 19 in 17 days? It's a joke. And something needs to be done about it. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's been a long season. Every, you know, it's, it is what it is at this point. The Yankees are going to win the American League East. Just, it's and let's gonna, go from there. That's goal number one, man. It's just going to be a battle of attrition to try to keep this team healthy. And, you know, we've seen it time and time again. Whoever steps up, I mean, steps in, steps up. Look at Austin Romine. How many big home runs has he hit this week? That has a lot to do with the chemistry in, the, in that clubhouse, the, the culture in that clubhouse. I'm telling you, a lot has to do with that. Aaron Boone deserves a lot more credit than he's given. And I'm not saying that people haven't been giving him credit, but he deserves even more. Aaron Boone has done a phenomenal job with this team. Most teams that, I mean, you could probably say any team that suffered has have suffered the amount of losses that the Yankees have this year in injured players wouldn't be anywhere near what the Yankees have done this year. And we're not even calling up big guys to step in or calling in guys that are big names. Cameron Mabin. I mean, this guy has done 
for the Yankees, something he really hasn't done in how long he's been a legitimate factor to this team. That says something. It goes beyond just having talented players. I truly believe that. I'm going to guy like Mike Talkman as we wrap up the show here. Yeah, right. We, I came up with the nickname for him at the beginning of the year, the immortal Mike Talkman when he was hitting like 180 and looked completely lost. He's a legitimate player for this team right now. Legitimate. Where, against the Red Sox. Against the Red Sox, he's had probably his most success. Where... And I don't. I wasn't saying this facetiously last night. He could legitimately wind up the starting left fielder for this team next year. You never know. You never know. Look at look at Luke Voigt, right? Let's take Luke Voigt real quick. When he first got here, before he was sent down and then called back up, I tweeted, "I never want to see this guy in a major league uniform again." And then he comes back and he's just this guy, this guy who can hit field. Out of nowhere, Mike Talkman might be a talented baseball player. I think he is a talented baseball player. I think player. he is. I think he's getting a chance to shine. He's in the perfect I opportunity I think next for year him. we could be sitting here just like Luke Voigt and saying, is he the guy? Is he legit or was it a fluke? I think Talkman is that guy of 2020 that we are giving him time to prove Well, it. look at it like this, man. Worst case scenario, Hicks is looking at a Tommy John surgery that would take him out through at least half of next year. And we got Mike Talkman, baby. Talkman could even wind up being the Yankee center fielder, you know, because he can play center. Never know. And I love his attitude. I really do. I think he's just. Did you hear him post game yesterday? Yes. He was. Well, the first thing I was looking to do is just slow my heart rate. <laughs> he's just a good dude. Overall, I think he's great to have in he's that clubhouse. He's a little clubhouse. nerdy. He's a little, he he's a little out of his element playing with the Yankees. He is, but I like that. But. It's because of the way this team is built that he fits in here. He does perfectly. And the team loves him because there are a lot of Game of Thrones geeks on the Yankees. Yeah, and he's, and he's the, geek a, the geek geekest. The, he's a geek of geeks. He's when it the comes to leader of the geeks, yeah. So uh, Yanks tonight, uh, we'll wrap up the show here. Yanks tonight, 7.05, Sunday Night Baseball. Two guys, congratulations to both of them. Uh, just returning from the paternity was David Price and Jay Happ. Uh back in time to make their respective starts tonight. So this could, even with a compromise lineup, with Price could get ugly. Uh, just hope it doesn't get ugly for Hap. Now he shows a little moxie tonight. And, and you know, the Yankees lost his last start against Arizona. But, but he pitched well. He, You know what? Three over six from Hap. I will sign it in uh, blood every, every day. single every time. Day. Every single every time. Every day. And then you move a you move along three in Baltimore four against Toronto the upcoming road trip, all seven o'clock starts so there will you won't hear from us midweek even though we told you you were last week and it didn't happen, uh, and then uh, I'm gonna be away this weekend uh, just take a little quick break uh, here, I won't be getting back till late Sunday so Chris and Ryan are gonna handle the show by themselves uh, Sunday, and then we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Bada bing. All right. So uh, unless you got anything else to add? No, man. Let's just, hey, like you said, we can't control a lot of the shit that's happening, but this team's still winning. So let's enjoy it. Let's just enjoy it. Let's keep winning. And as far as I'm concerned, this team is just just as well built to win a World Series as anyone right now. 
they got to get healthy and they got to play September smart. You're right. Down the stretch, you got to be smart and you're going to be able to do that by continuing to win right now through August. Can the Yankees win a World Series? They can if the death lineup is out there in October. If they're still starting Austin Romine and Cameron right. Maben, you got to get healthy. Then, no, I don't feel good about uh, and DJ LeMay, you at first base, which means that. Uh, you know, Voight and Encarnacion are still hurt. I don't feel good about them. But there's something special about this team, no matter who they throw out there. And that that says a lot. It says a lot. So it shouldn't it shouldn't discourage you right now. Got to get healthy. That's what the rest of this season is going to be about for the Yankees. Just get healthy. healthy. Keep keep a steady pace. Get healthy. And let's go to October. All right. So that'll wrap up episode 137 of the NYYST podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Uh, empty rock. chair, Ryan. Oh, you guys oh, yeah. didn't die. You didn't tell me in time. Oh, nobody told me. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.